Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. podcast. As a CPA with over 20 years as an industry accountant, Jessica stepped away from the corporate world to become a full-time caregiver for her mother. Having learned invaluable lessons along the way, she is now here to share those with you and to invite you to join her on this caregiver's journey. Here is your host, Jessica Cannon. Hello, everybody. This is Jessica. I'm coming back on today with Larry Nysensen from Genworth. We had a great conversation last time, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, you can find it on jessicalazalcannon.com, and we discussed the product that Genworth provides for Care Scout, and this is for the working caregiver. But during that conversation, we hit a note that I wanted to have Larry back on again because we definitely didn't have the time to go into the, the detail, but he had two very distinct things that stuck in my mind. The assumptions with long-term care insurance and that emergency phone call that we all dread having came through and on his end and his experience, they experienced immense gratitude for having had the long-term care policy. So I wanted to have Larry back on today so that we can discuss long-term care insurance and details all around it that many caregivers are questioning and confused about. So um, good afternoon, Larry. Thanks for coming back on with me. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for having me again. Good. So um, when you mentioned your father and his emergency that he was having, um, you had said, you know, the the thought process that went through your mind, a side of life and will he survive but then there was this other financial piece of this, and that is what I've experienced myself, but other caregivers that are finally realizing when they get into those emergency moments, they realize not only is it about the care of the person, but the financial aspect of it. So my question with this is, what is long-term care insurance and what does it typically cover? It's, it's a great question. I'm going to answer the question and at the same time do a little bit of sort of a compare and contrast between long-term care insurance and traditional health insurance. And the reason I want to draw that comparison is one of the greatest misconceptions when I talk to consumers about long-term care insurance is they'll say to me, well, I have health insurance and that health insurance policy covers my long-term care insurance. And so Uh, We'll go through a little bit about what long-term care insurance does Mm -hmm. and then talk about how it's different from health care insurance, just to make sure that your listeners 
sort of get the subtlety of the difference. Absolutely. So long-term care insurance, uh, long-term care insurance looks at six main areas of what we call the activities of daily living. So when you think about what, as caregivers, we know sort of what our jobs are, the six categories of these activities of daily living are bathing, dressing, uh, feeding themselves, uh, uh, toileting, mm-hmm. do they uh, do they have control of their bowels? And then the last one is sort of transferring. Can they move you know, from point A to point B by themselves. Mm -hmm. And these are called the six activities of daily living. Long-term care insurance evaluates somebody's ability to do those six activities. If they can't do two of them on their own, right, this Mm -hmm. insurance steps in to provide um, an insurance policy, a daily or a monthly benefit so that you can get some help to do those activities. And you can, some people would certainly in this COVID world we live in right now, right? They Mm -hmm. want to stay in the home. Most people start to age in their home and long-term care insurance allows you to have a home health aide come in and help you. Maybe you can't get up out of bed or maybe you need help making meals. Long-term care insurance pays for somebody to do that for you. Maybe you've progressed and you're not at home anymore and you're in an assisted living facility, or if you've got somebody who has a dementia or Alzheimer's and they're in a stepped up memory unit now, right? Long-term mm-hmm. care insurance pays a monthly benefit that defrays or defers the cost of things like the, uh, the care that they're receiving. Where is the bed located? Do they have an apartment in a unit? All of these things are paid for by long-term care insurance. What the distinction I said I sort of wanted to do is compare and contrast from a health insurance policy, right? Most people say to me, well, isn't my health care cover that? Mm-hmm. Health, health insurance only covers the medical portion, right? Mm. It only pays for the medical aspect of your health care. So if you have somebody who can't do two or two of the six or three of the six, activities of daily living, and they need, as an example, uh, uh, medical equipment. They need an oxygen tank or they need something, some sort of durable medical equipment. Yes, your healthcare might pay for that, but they certainly aren't going to pay for an unskilled care to come help you get in and out of the car, right? Your Mm -hmm. health insurance isn't going to pay for somebody to prepare meals for you. And so as it relates to the non-medical costs, most health insurance policies don't contemplate that. So the caregiver or the care recipient, depending on who's sort of taking charge, generally has to pay those costs out of their pocket. Whereas in a long-term care policy, once you've qualified that you can't do two or six of these ADLs, mm-hmm. the long-term care policy steps in and provides whatever the benefit is that you paid for you know, a couple of thousand dollars a month or more, they'll go ahead and uh, step in and, and make those payments to you. That's a great way to transition into the next question because I'm thinking about this and it's for, um, as you were explaining, coming from that dementia perspective, but for others who are not um, dealing with 
any kind of dementia related. And they're not quite, either they're not quite there yet in their mindset of the necessities, or in many cases, I've heard other caregivers mention that that's not in my family history. So I don't have to, um, I'm not concerned with it. What would be a good age for people to look into this type of policy? It's it's interesting that uh, one of the effects of, of uh, the coronavirus is that we see people having a much earlier awareness of long-term care issues. And so we see people much younger than in, in the traditional uh, time frame looking at long-term care insurance. In uh, certainly folks that are in their 60s all the way up until their really early 70s, as long as they're healthy, we generally see people in that age group buying policies and purchasing policies. Uh, what we've seen the phenomena lately is even people as young as their late 40s and early 50s are starting to become very aware and start to shop for long-term care insurance policies because they recognize, like most insurance, the younger and healthier you are, the cheaper the policy is. And um, as and we talked about this on our last episode together, you know, there's 40 million unpaid caregivers. Most of those caregivers are people in their 40s and 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and as those folks are starting to provide care for their loved ones in this COVID world that we're living in, Right, they're really getting a bird's eye view. They're home now more. They're mm-hmm. home with their loved ones. They see what they're going through on a daily basis, and saying, "I want to put a policy in place that allows me to age on my own terms and doesn't make me rely on my loved ones to provide care for me." And Definitely. so we're seeing those folks at a younger age start to look into it, which is good because the the earlier we look at this, the more options are available to us. Because I know um, in that younger group, uh, even life insurance is not something that they may consider because they're young and thriving. And so the mindset or the thought process is to put it off as long as possible or at a later time. But that brings up another um, question for me. The difference, we talked about the difference with long-term care insurance and health insurance, but the long-term care insurance versus life insurance. What would, what does that look like? So they're almost opposite sides of a coin, if you mm-hmm. will, right? So life insurance looks at eventually we're all going to pass away. Mm-hmm. And when I die, if I want to provide for my beneficiaries, I want to have a policy that pays out at my death. And leaves, uh, leaves something, whatever the something is, whether it's for final expenses, whether it's a legacy or an estate or a gift to your loved ones or perhaps a charity. You buy that insurance policy that takes care of um, your beneficiary after you've already passed away. Mm-hmm. Long-term care is the flip side of that coin. It says that while you're alive, it's going to pay the insurance, right? You're, it's going to pay the benefit for you yourself, for your care. And when you pass away, that policy ceases to sort of exist. It expires at your death. You know, the 
Traditional long-term care insurance policies are, are these standalone policies. So you would buy a policy, again, that insures your care during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, about 10 years ago, a, a new type of policy called a hybrid policy came into being that said it's actually going to do both of those things. It's going to act like long-term care during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So you amass Right, you pay your premiums, and you have a, a death benefit, and you have a long-term care benefit. So you pay your premium with one policy, and it covers both your care if you need it, and assuming that you haven't exhausted the premium, whatever is left over gets paid out to your beneficiaries as a death benefit, and it really is meant to answer the question that we would get in the insurance business often, which is, well, if I pay for this long-term care insurance policy and I don't need long-term care, haven't I just wasted my money Mm -hmm. because I've paid for insurance for so many years and don't need it? How can you help me prepare for that scenario? This hybrid policy allows you to Ultimately, whatever money is there will go to your beneficiaries if you hadn't needed to use it during your lifetime. Does that so make sense? It does. And so that's why my next question was, with that type of a hybrid policy, then it comes, it becomes a savings, a different kind of savings account in a sense. Am I correct to think that you can actually, for that person that buys it early enough and their policy is building, is there a savings component to that? So there's a savings component, and, and there are um, there are several different categories of these hybrid policies. Some are based on um, term insurance. I don't want to go too technical, but some are based right. on term insurance, which only provides a death benefit and this long-term care benefit. And others um, are at the opposite end of the spectrum, and those are whole life insurance policies that have long-term care benefits to it. And those policies really do have a, have a functional piece of it that acts as a cash account, if you will, right? So mm-hmm. later on in your life, if you say, I need access to some cash, whether for a long-term care event or not, they have the ability uh, to go out um, and allow you to withdraw some of the benefits or the premiums that you've paid um, what I would suggest is that um, for your for your listeners who are interested, there's plenty of opportunity to go out there and learn about the various policies. Um, and what I would say in scanning the market and knowing the competitive landscape the way I do, mm-hmm. you could find a policy that, that will fit virtually any budget or any need that they have, whether it's a cash opportunity, as you described, a sort of savings account, mm-hmm. or one that acts much more as a traditional life insurance when they die and or long-term care while they're alive. There's so many variations of it that, that all of your listeners could find one that would really work specific to what they were looking for. Right. And this is something that it is important because as I look over more and more information on um, people living with dementia, i find us come across a study that said on average women need services longer than men that women are roughly 3.7 years of need and men are 2.2 years of need uh, when it comes to that long-term care 
So finding that policy is something that what I had originally done, you know, slowly but surely finding out information. And, and typically you find out when you're in the working world, um, employers will offer benefits and you get your short-term care and long-term care at their very inexpensive rates. And so I always opted for that because, hey, it's better to have it than to not to be in that situation and not have it. But outside of that um, environment and no longer having that access to that type of inexpensive insurance, then I started looking at the term life, whole life, convertible, or the hybrid like you were talking about. And it can be very overwhelming and trying to decipher the cost versus the benefit of it. And that was one of the things that um, I felt like looking for the right policy, trying to find one that fits the best. Um, one of the things that always made me wary about looking further and stepping away from it was the expense of it. So that's something that I think is an assumption I not only had, but I, I can only assume that many other caregivers are thinking um, they're avoiding long-term care insurance just because they think the cost of it is there and that their social security benefits or disability insurance will, or disability benefits will take the place of that. And that's not the case. It is, uh, it is for sure not the case. There's so a, a few things I, I would say is sort of a reaction to your um, to both the expense piece of it and uh, uh, the Medicare Medicaid conversation. Again, that's another one of the what I would describe as the I don't want to say misconception or misunderstandings, but certainly one of the prevalent thoughts around long-term care insurance is that it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. And it is definitely not cheap. I'm the first to say it is not cheap. However, unlike some of the other types of insurance that are out there, most of the policies allow you to customize the level of benefit that you get. So, you know, if somebody says, well, I only have, you know, maybe $50 a month of disposable income, I'm sure I can't get a long-term care policy for that. The reality of it is most, most of the long-term care insurance policies out there would say to you, yes, we can, we can sell you a policy. It won't be necessarily the type of policy that will cover all of your long-term care expenses, but it will certainly help you. Whatever you put in place will allow you to defer some of the costs, right? So mm -hmm. maybe you end up buying a policy that allows you to use your family as a primary caregiver, but bring in somebody to help supplement that, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it allows you um, to say, we've saved or we're going to use some of the equity in our home at a later date to pay for our care. But the long-term care policy that you buy with this $50 or $40 or $60 a month, whatever it is, maybe you use that policy uh, to go ahead and make some enhancements on your home so that you can stay in your home longer. These are types of ways that many people are using the long-term care insurance policy that are, are able to buy policies that fit their financial wherewithal today, but do end up giving them some benefit and some opportunity to use the insurance company's money later. And, and I would urge, again, your listeners to do some research on it. Um, at the end, before we go, I'm going to give them a website that they can go uh, on the Genworth uh, website and look at what the cost of long-term care is in their 
area, we cover all 50 states and uh, we look at uh, averages in each of the states for long-term care uh, coverage. So you'll know what it would cost you, most people, uh, for uh, staying at home, for home care, for assisted living, or for a nursing home. And we, we can go through that at the end. The, the second part that I just want to touch on briefly is around this idea that Medicare or Medicaid will step in um, and provide the poli- and sort of provide ultimate policy protection, right? That they'll mm-hmm. take care of you, and they will. Medicaid is there um, to make sure that nobody, um, irrespective of their financial position, right, that nobody is left on the street uncared for. Mm-hmm. But the laws around what you have to spend down on your assets in order to qualify for a Medicaid facility. Are, are pretty severe. Most people have to spend through the vast majority of any money that they have left before Medicare will step in. Mm-hmm. And what we often hear from people is, you know, I've worked my entire life to be able to save something to leave to my beneficiaries, to leave to my children, to leave to my surviving spouse. And they don't want to have to go through everything that they've worked their lifetime on before somebody else steps in. So, it, for your listeners who may have that same concern, again, I would urge them, even if you take out a small long-term care insurance policy, it's better than nothing. And um, Jessica, I know you had mentioned about your work options. I would tell your listeners, for those that are employed um, outside the home or whose spouse may have access to uh, benefits or who can get them through work, many, many employers are now offering long-term care as one of the benefits that an employee or, or family member can choose. I know at Genworth, we have almost 200 companies that we partner with to offer long-term care insurance to their employees. And generally, group long-term care insurance um, is more affordable, much like you described how your life insurance seems to be more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, by law, it must be portable, which means if you're if somebody leaves the workforce with a long-term care policy in place that they purchased through their employer, by law, they have to be able to take that with them on an individual policy. So it's not, it's not the kind of thing that once they leave the job, they have to lose the long-term care insurance policy that they may have been paying for. So that might be an option for your listeners also. That's definitely a relief to know. So when I was looking at the insurance and at first, my thought was long-term care means only for nursing home, just like Medicaid. That's only for nursing home. And trying to understand the difference between Medicare, Medicaid, health insurance, <laughs> life insurance, long-term insurance, it made my eyes cross at one point reading all the materials. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. It is. And so and that was another thing that you had just mentioned when people normally have to spend down and that was one of the things that I had to consider for my mother was what kind of assets she had and how much she had available to her and what was, um, could be liquidated so that she did have financial resources. Have you noticed, um, the restrictions that are within, um, whether it's a hybrid policy or long-term care insurance, the benefit period, that is something that I don't think, many understand what it means when they discuss what the, uh, a three-year benefit period, for example, or 
a 90-day elimination period, and, or um, and maybe it's in that transition period if, if a, an employee is leaving their, um, or sorry, if an employee is leaving their employer and they're able to take that policy with them, and then they have an event that happens. When does that spend down period actually come into this? So it's, I'm going to answer that in a really general way because most companies have their own rules around what qualifies for the, the elimination period where um, they've got to pay the first 30 or 60 or 90 days, et cetera, right? And so each company will have their own set of uh, particular rules. What, what I would tell you generally, the idea is behind those is what I would call a shared expense. Remember we were saying that when you buy a long-term care policy, it's really hard to, um, it's hard to ensure the entirety of a long-term care event. Most long-term, most people when they go into a facility or they need help, the average um, time that they require long-term care assistance is somewhere between two and a half and three years. And depending on where they are in the country, it could be as, as the cost could be as little as seventy-five or a hundred dollars a day for assistance, or it could be as much as, in some cases, two hundred and fifty or more dollars a day. And so the cost becomes pretty dramatic when you start to add up all of those. And so what most insurance companies do, um, much like the way healthcare works, where you've got a deductible, if you will, or a co-insurance amount where you pay, a, you pay the first portion, it's a way of sort of keeping the premiums lower than they would otherwise be. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that the insurance company is going to step in after your elimination period and provide for you 100% of the benefit that you've paid for. Um, and you just you have to pay the co-insurance piece, if you will, or the elimination aspect of it. Interesting. So for those that are actually helping caring for their loved ones that have Alzheimer's or any other form of dementia, and they're looking at facilities and they're looking at, or they're not quite at that facility level, and they are still in home, and they're having to do all those home modifications. This policy, or these type of policies, are the difference between healthcare insurance and life insurance. You have something that it's kind of the pre-present, post scenario. Because um, again, there's there's so many different types of policies. I have one for my mother, that is a funeral insurance policy. And I just, I can't, I couldn't imagine how there are so many different types of policies and what they cover. So as you're looking for your loved one that's living with dementia, or even not, if you have um, the need as a caregiver and you're needing respite care, um, there are so many options that are available out there that depending on your life insurance or your long-term care insurance, more likely, that this respite care is something that I think too many overlook. And that is something that was another assumption for me, is that that ability wasn't there, that I had to find a paid service 
in addition to already having long-term care insurance or in addition to, and that was a concern and still is a concern. Um, what do I, what can I purchase? That's not, um, piecemeal that there's always something that adds on or something separate to that. And so that's something that, uh, caregivers that they, I think they just are not aware of, or again, like me, not knowing what is out there and what's available for them. And rather than waiting for that emergency phone call, and that's after the fact. So someone who may be in that emergency phone call uh, moment, is it possible for that long-term care insurance to be, I guess, purchased at that point in time is what I'm trying to ask there. So uh, to purchase a policy for the, the caregiver or for the care recipient, for the person who just the went care through recipient, the event? More so the care recipient. Yes. So unfortunately, in most cases, again, I was speaking general sense, right? Mm -hmm. In most cases, long-term care insurance policies are going to require some underwriting, even if that underwriting and, and many of them are just simply answering these four or five questions. Most of those will ask you, have you had an, a long-term care event in the last year or two? And certainly if the answer is yes, they're going to take a closer look at what the diagnosis was. Um, and generally speaking, once you have a long-term care event, it's going to be much harder to qualify for a long-term care insurance policy. Like most insurance policies, the healthier you are, mm -hmm. the easier it is to get the policy. And so what we, what we tell people to do and what we advise to do, whether they decide to buy a policy or not is a completely different question. But what we advise most people to do is to uh, look at the cost of long-term care while you're healthy. Get a quote on what a policy is, right? You can get a quote. Uh, you can even do it online if you want to just get a sense of what it is. Or there are plenty of places where there's an 800 number, Genworth included, where you can call and request a quote. And this takes you about 10 minutes of questions, five minutes of questions, and you get a number. And then evaluate. Look, you might only have a smaller amount of money today. And you say, well, it's not worth doing it. I'll buy another one tomorrow or you know, I'll wait a year. There's nothing that says. Um, other than maybe some insurance companies won't allow you to buy multiple product, multiple uh, long-term care insurance. That's a different question. But you could always take a policy out today for any amount and step that policy into a different amount later when you've got more disposable income. But certainly waiting until you've had a long-term care event is probably not going to be the most prudent way to approach it. I think you'd find it harder to find a long-term care insurance policy um, after you've had one of these events. And we happen to know, just to put some sort of statistics around it, that seven out of 10 people over the age of 65, so 70% of those over the age of 65, will indeed have a long-term care event during their lifetime. So for your listeners who might be thinking, ah, it's really not going to be me, it's mm -hmm. not likely to be me, it actually is. Chances are that they are um, they're going to have a long-term care event during their lifetime of which long-term care insurance could have paid some benefit. The other thing I just want to mention quickly because you touched on it earlier, 
um, and I for, forgot to mention it then, is what we generally find is you're right, that women live longer than men. Women uh, traditionally, because the husband, um, their lifespan is a little bit shorter, mm-hmm. they're generally um, not as healthy, although that's narrowing, that when the husbands need long-term care coverage, that is generally provided by the wife, the spouse. Um, and unfortunately, by the time the wife needs long-term care coverage, mm-hmm. right, generally the husbands are either unable or they've already passed. Right. And so that care for women falls more on their children and other loved ones um, than it does for the man, just the way the dynamics have worked. And and so for your female um, listeners, I would really urge them to take a close look at long-term care insurance or make sure that you've had the conversation with whomever is going to be your caregiver to make sure that they're, they understand that they're going to be the primary caregiver for them and that they understand what they're signing up for. Definitely. Because you certainly don't want somebody to find out um, that you know you've been the front you've been designated the primary caregiver and now you've got to drop what you're doing for you know the the rest of your life if you will or the rest of your loved one's life to take care of them right especially something that you were never anticipating um which brings another question so as we're looking at these policies and determining what we need and what needs to be covered is there a possible way to layer the policies like is there I guess the better way to ask this, is there such a thing as having too much insurance? Well, there's definitely a version of having too much insurance for sure. Although um, most people are, are underinsured rather than overinsured, but they could, and you see this in life insurance all the time, right? Where you'll, you'll see people buy multiple policies that are meant to do very specific things. So when they're young, they'll have a term insurance policy, mm-hmm. let's say, that that will kick in in the event that they die while their children are younger and there's a mortgage and perhaps they've got more financial uh, projected expense and less income, right? And so that sometimes they'll buy that term insurance policy for the first 15 or 20 years of their marriage or when their families are young. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have a second or a third insurance policy that are really meant to provide more permanent coverage um, or it will be used as a financial tool. And that type of laddering of portfolios happens um, often and um, makes a lot of sense. You see that also in long-term care where, again, people will, because of the disposable income, people will take a policy out when they're a little bit younger They'll take a second policy out when they're a little bit older, or they'll buy one of those hybrid policies, let's say, when they're younger, mm-hmm. so that they can get both the benefit of the life insurance and the long-term care insurance. And then when they get older, they'll buy a standalone long-term care insurance um, that will help supplement what that other policy is. And so there are strategies around that as well. Making sure we have coverage in all areas, it definitely Sooner than later, for sure. So, how does uh, absolutely how does a caregiver 
determine um, based off of their areas where they are living, what state they're in, how would they be able to find or figure out what is uh, the best type of policy for them? Where can they go for that? So, so if they go to, it, I'm going to give you a little plug on a, a little commercial for Genworth, but not about our long-term care insurance policies. I'll let your, uh, your listeners determine what company is the best company for purchasing a policy. Okay. But I will send them to Genworth, G-E-N-W-O-R-T-H.com. Mm-hmm. And if they go to our website, what they'll see across the top of the banner is a section that's called um, Aging and You. And if they hover over that or click on it, ultimately they're going to get to um, a section that, that's called the cost of care. And if you click on the cost of care link, um, it looks at literally the – it calculates the cost of uh, providing care, whether it's at home, in a facility, in a private room, in a public room. For all 50 states, it shows you the average for the state. And when you put in your zip code, it brings you to the largest metropolitan area in that zip code. And it tells you the specific cost of care in your neck of the woods. And so it allows you, it will allow your listeners to really get a very good understanding of what is it going to cost when I need long-term care uh, coverage. And for those that are saying, well, I may, I may live uh, in Southern California now, but I'm going to retire uh, in some other state or some other area of the country, this will allow them to plug in either where they live now or where they're going to retire to oh, nice. uh, and really understand how much insurance they need based upon that specific geography. It's really it's a great tool. We've been uh, doing this cost of care for 18 years. Uh, we're, we're generally recognized as being one of the thought leaders around long-term care. And the cost of care study uh, is really probably our most important education and awareness paper and that, that we do. It's very helpful because there are caregivers that are caring for their loved ones in other states. And there's that same caregiver that has to, when they purchase their policy in the state they live in, decide where they're going to retire in. Cause I know that is something that is a conversation that I didn't have typically before. And now that I'm in my mid forties, I'm definitely having that conversation more often, especially after seeing what has been happening to my mother's life affected with dementia. Um, I am having those conversations of where are we going to live in our retirement and what that's going to look like expense wise, costing facilities, um, medical doctors, all of that. So that's very helpful. And the answer to and what's what's also great about this is you can there's a sliding scale on it where you can say, well, I'm not going to retire now. I, I'm planning on really needing this benefit 20 years from now or 25 better. years or eight years, whatever it is. You literally will show you what the projected cost is in whatever year you want to take a look at it. So it, it will help. It will for sure help people understand what the cost of long term care is. And then if they decide they want to try and buy a policy that will help defer some of those costs, then at least they have an idea of what's the right number to start looking at. So that takes into account inflation. Yes. That's perfect. And there's plenty of ways to solve that, right? Some, so 
some of the policies will allow you to build an inflation rider into the policy that keeps place with uh, uh, keeps pace with inflation. Others others will let you buy a policy slightly uh, more than what you need, but will show you the right, but not an increasing amount. And then you can figure out again through something like the cost of care how much you're going to need when you retire, and potentially buy that that static amount right then and there. So there's True. lots of ways to get at what will the cost be and how do I solve for that. Yeah, because when you also have to consider the level of income that you're at at the time you're purchasing versus your fixed income for later down in life when you are retired. Absolutely. And we have, there are other tools, by the way, on the site that help you estimate what some of those costs might be. We're really, GenWorth really focuses on what we would describe as the financing of aging. Right? We want to help people understand what it costs to age in America. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of resources there that help people do those estimations. And then if they decide that they want more help or they have other questions, we've got an 800 number where they can connect with one of the GenWorth employees to really talk through what some of the options might be. Mm-hmm. Or they can do uh, use, you know, if they have another company or another source that they prefer to use, of course, that's absolutely fine, too. But we try and we're trying to make it as easy as possible to get some of the answers um, that your listeners might have. That's perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing this information with me. I know our caregivers that are lift slinging in will absolutely appreciate it and have a better direction to go in. Well, thank you again for, for having me. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation and, uh, and I've also enjoyed getting a chance to listen to your podcast. They're, they're excellent and, you're really doing amazing work. Thank you. I'm trying to um, share my experience so others can learn at the same time, give other caregivers a voice. So I appreciate that. And on that note, get into the habit of reviewing your financial budget annually so you know where you're at now, what you have, and what you're going to need going forward as you look into your long-term care insurance. Take care until next time. today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. To learn more about proactive caregiving and to hear other episodes of this podcast, please visit www.jessicalizelcannon.com. This podcast is produced by Cannon Light Media, LLC, www.cannonlightmedia.com. Music provided by Chris Paradise.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 